0: Welcome to the University of Birmingham's Rise of the Research series. Each episode will feature two experts discussing areas of their research that relate to subjects explored in Disney's Star Wars movie franchise. This episode will feature experts from the School of Biosciences, and they will be discussing what Han Solo and Waterfleas have in common.
1: Hello, my name is Luisa Orsini, I am a PI at the University of Birmingham uh, working on ecosystem and environmental change and today I would like to introduce some of the exciting research we do here. Um, One of the most fascinating things is about being frozen in time, like Han Solo in Star Wars and waking up decades later to know what has happened to the world. And although this is not possible for humans, at least not yet, there is always hope, um, there are animals out there that can do that on a regular basis. And one of these is an animal that we work with. Um, The name is Daphnia water fleas. And you find them in every lakes and ponds, from very clean ones to very polluted ones. And the specialty of these animal is to um, sleep for a very long time. Our oldest animal is 700 years old. It's very spectacular what they can do. And there are several ways in which we use this animal. And I would like to hand it over to one of my PhD students that is leading this research his name is Muhammad Abdulai, and yeah. he is joining us today. Uh, Muhammad, why don't you tell us a bit more about your research?
2: Hello. So, as Dr. Louis has said, my name is Muhammad Abdullah from Nigeria. I'm actually working with her in this I mean, interesting research, trying to find sustainable solutions to bring about clean water for the world in general. And uh, we are using this keystone species, it is very important organism that is found in freshwater environment. It feeds on different kinds of things, particles, nutrients, small algae, algae, small animals like the algae, and on the other hand, it is being fed by larger animals. So in essence, anything that affects this key organism known as Daphnia disturbs the whole environment in the water. in a more general sense, we are trying to actually harness the potential of this animal, since it could able it could actually you know filter a lot of things in the water,
1: like a small vacuum cleaner, like
2: a small vacuum cleaner. Just like you said, yeah, we could actually apply that in a more broader sense. Why not we use it in removing more dangerous substances that are found in water, such like, as like yeah? yeah Can like, you
1: give us an example?
2: Yeah, for example, we all know that we you know take different kind of drugs. When we're sick, we go to the, um, the pharmacies, we're giving prescriptions, we take these drugs. At the end of the day, our body actually metabolizes or breaks down just little of these chemicals, and the rest goes into the lavatory when we excrete or anything, and it ends up in the water again. And uh, since most of these treatment plants Actually, not designed to actually remove these small, minute substances, they end up finding themselves in the system of larger animals in rivers where they encounter these chemicals through feeding and other stuff.
1: So, are you saying that they come back and we eat them again?
2: Oh, yes, over time, when these chemicals begin to you know build up in the tissue of these larger animals like fishes, reptiles, snails. We end up eating these animals because most humans are so interested in seafoods. And at the end of the day, you eat fish. Fish is highly, you know, the fish has already taken up these chemicals and you're eating it. And it goes back in your system again. And in the end of the day, you fall sick. So in essence, we, it is essential we remove these chemicals. And this organism has shown promising potentials. For example, during my research in the lab, trying to see how it could be able to remove a very carcinogenic or chemical that causes cancer, known as PFOS.
1: Can you explain to us what the PFOS is? Because I remember it was very much in the news uh, for the US, because it's, uh, is it the flame retardant that you find everywhere?
2: PFOS is mostly used in the United States as a flame retardant, and it is found in almost everything around us, for example, carpets, you know, paints, umbrellas and other stuff. This force is used in manufacturing of a lot of things because it is more or less, it's a surfactant, and it's highly soluble in water, making it so difficult to remove and because it's so soluble, it can be transported for a long distance.
1: But nowadays if I if I'm not wrong, it's very much in the news also for Europe. Mm-hmm. Because you find it everywhere. Yeah. It bioaccumulates, yeah. nothing can remove it, nothing can metabolize it. Yeah. And so we are just building up this huge amount of chemical exactly. which is known to have an adverse effect on humans, exactly. such as cancer. Yeah. So are you saying that Daphnia can actually uptake it and remove it?
2: Oh yeah, um, to cut it short, um, we've not actually understand if there's any organism that can actually degrade them um, PFOS, but um, luckily for us in, the, in our research group, our very precious daphnia was able to, you know, bioaccumulate this chemical in the laboratory studies, and over time. We observe a very decrease or a sharp decrease in the concentration of this chemical in an in vitro study or in a small scale laboratory experiment. Wow, yeah.
1: that's amazing! It means we can use this just to remove yeah. these impossible compound from water.
2: Yeah, and what do
1: we do with it? Yeah, that's a big problem, yeah. and you probably don't know, but um, maybe I can add something here. We're working with colleagues at in chemical engineer and engineering with the idea that Daphnia is our microscopic vacuum cleaner. We remove all the nasty stuff from water, and then we have it concentrated in something that is, however, better than just being dissolved in water. And as this, this biomass is then taken away, and used to produce methane or other sources of energy. So that everything is cleaned and we are creating energy from a negative source. Yeah, that's true. So yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. But so I have, I have a question now for Neve, which is our second PhD student here. And she doesn't work with Daphnia, but somehow as a link, to the Star
0: Wars (laughs) theme. So can you tell us, Neve, what you're working on? Hi, I'm Neve. I sadly don't work with Daphnia because not every animal is quite so cool. They can't all sleep for a very long time. I instead have to work with the traces that they leave behind. So as we go about our daily lives, we leave bits of skin and hair and poo, which contain bits of our DNA. And in the right conditions, these little bits of DNA, our genetic code, can be preserved for hundreds of years. And so then I can scoop them back up and find out what lived in a lake 100 years ago, almost like ghosts. Visited ghosts from uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi? Yeah. Oh my God,
1: (laughs) that's exciting.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's super cool. So I can look at these bits of DNA and use high-tech machines to find out exactly which animals or plants or microbes the DNA came from. So I know what's lived in our special lake for the last hundred years. And that's really interesting because we can tell what effect uh, environmental factors like pollution or climate change had on all the things that lived in the lake. So if we can tell that with a particular type of pollutant, the balance of everything that lived in the lake shifted so that one group of organisms died out. We can say that this type of pollutant shouldn't be used again because it has such damaging effects. Or oh, industry will not be happy. No. Yeah. <laughs> but sadly, someone's got to do it. But that's really hard to work out because we've got hundreds of organisms and probably hundreds of different things that we're polluting the environment with. So we have to use advanced uh, artificial intelligence machine learning type oh, algorithm. that's a
1: difficult term can yeah. you explain it to us
0: <laughs> it sounds really tricky but it's just like what facebook and instagram use so we base it on our past behavior to predict future patterns so what have you googled lately if are you doing your christmas shopping and searching lots of shoes then you'll be served adverts for lots of shoe shops and that's a bit like that here so if we can tell that a certain type of chemical has caused really damaging shifts, then we know that that type will probably cause damaging shifts in the future in another environment too.
1: Yeah, and actually I want to add, this is a very exciting new science and we were able to rank the most negative chemicals and that means instead of looking at 20,000 that are dumped in the environment, you're looking at the top 10 And that means you can go to the exact producer and say, hey, man, you need to stop producing that because it's ruining our biodiversity. And again, just to bring it back to the meaning of biodiversity, we have to remember this is not only relevant to animals and wildlife, this is relevant to us because biodiversity sustains what is called ecosystem services and these include water we drink, food we eat and climate regulation. So it becomes extremely important that we preserve our resources. I think this has summarised more or less our exciting science. What I want to leave here for everybody is a general message. Uh, First of all, it is imperative and urgent that we do something about our environment because it's important for the animals and it's important for ourselves. But if everybody does a little bit and we learn from nature, we have a future and we have hope. And I think the last message we want to give you is that nature can be more fascinating than sci-fi.
0: Thank you for listening. For more information on the University of Birmingham's research, please visit www.birmingham.ac.uk forward slash research.